All right, everybody, welcome to Trash Cinema. It is our 100th episode. Hey, we're not done, but we are going to be taking a long hiatus while we start up another series called Video Fright, where we're going to pick four horror movies from every year starting in 1980 and uh, discuss those for a little while and then come back with Trash Cinema maybe in a year and a half, maybe two, I don't know. Uh, Kersey has been with me almost the entire ride. I think you came in on episode 10, maybe, with Crank. Yeah, it's... Yes, yeah, somewhere around there. And we're already starting to compile uh, movies to talk about for future Trash Cinema episodes. Yeah. So don't you worry. And on the second episode that we did together, we talked about, jokingly, starting a Hall of Fame. And it was Kevin Sorbo. We met it mockingly because he's fucking terrible. <laughs> in more than one way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of something that sat in the back of my mind. I was like, we should do another Hall of Fame. We talked about it a couple times, I think. I think we tried to do one with John Waters, but it never came together. And uh, mm-hmm. so I said, hey, for our 100th episode, I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask all the other reoccurring guests over the years um, who they would nominate to the uh, Trash Cinema Hall of Fame. Now, we're going to do this once a year. While we're still doing video fright, we'll stop and do another one next summer, where we ask everybody to nominate another group. So, and they can't nominate the same people. This, these guys are in the Hall of Fame. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I. Okay. All right. So, here are the movies. Please don't hate us. It has nothing to do with us. I think both of our choices are pretty solid for logical reasons. <clears throat> Number one, <laughs> Buckaroo Banzai, which I do not see as a trashy movie in any way whatsoever. No, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a really yeah, great I, movie. I, I, he I says because it's campy. I was like, campy's not the same as trashy. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's just a, a genuine uh, thrill to watch that movie. Yeah, at best, you could argue, well, it was a midnight movie with like Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think this is the last midnight movie that anybody... Do you know about these at all? Is this something that you ever experienced? I think it was kind of dead by the time you were uh, a kid. I think so, yeah. I'm not familiar. Yeah, I mean, they still do it once or twice a year with Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, sure, yeah. But back in the day, it was like the same ones over and over. It was always playing at Glenbrook Mall, which is the big mall where I lived. And uh, they always played Rocky Horror Picture Show, Monty Python and the Meaning of Life, um, Holy Grail, uh, Pink Floyd the Wall. And those are the ones I really remember. I know there's a few others in there, but Buckaroo Banzai was the final before Glenbrook shut down the Midnight Show in, I think, in 1985 or 86. So this is, like, uh, the last bastion of that weirdo genre that only survived with such an extreme cult. Because it didn't do well in theaters. It was something that found its audience later on video. Yeah, I can I can imagine. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, the second nominee is from you, actually. It's Terror Vision, which I totally agree with. This movie's crazy, wild, it's a comedy, but at the same time, it's so outrageous and weird. And any movie where the parents are swingers, but also have the kids in the house, is, like, it, that is just some good old family fun. Yeah, and then they melt down into goo. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, and it turn, and turns out, like, the, you know, spoilers if you didn't watch the episode, whatever... Or we don't watch the movie, but uh, the fact that the the villain is just like a pet of another species or whatever it was it was so out there and so interesting because it wasn't like every other movie that has like a creature is like this world ending made in a lab, but this was just like kind of an accident thing yeah. and it really had no bearing on anything. It was kind of interesting. Um, our third one is one I have not seen in probably 25 years. It's one of these HBO perennial... No, no, hold on. Let me downgrade this a bit. It was Cinemax. There's no way HBO ever played. Ooh. 
TC2000, a post-apocalyptic futuristic kung fu flick with Billy Blanks and Bolo Young. What? We're going to eventually watch this on the show. This is the only one here. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Exterminator. Um, who doesn't love a guy getting revenge? A Vietnam vet getting revenge on the scum of the New York streets during the gritty New York with a flamethrower mm. and all sorts of welding things. Doesn't he feed a guy into like a meat grinder, I think? Let me watch that one. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if that was the, that was the first or the sequel. I, I, I get those mixed up. Yeah. Uh, that one's a lot of fun. This one I have not seen. This is the other movie I haven't. Uh, Graffiti Bridge, the one that basically said, uh, hey, you know what? We know that Purple Rain was really successful for you, Prince. You made a sequel, and it's fucking garbage. We're done here. No more movies for you. <laughs> uh, the Apple. Have you ever seen The Apple? No. It I'm... is made by the Canon Group about the futuristic world where everything's run by a company called uh, BIM, and um, music has now been so washed away of any honesty and uh, integrity. Uh, it's all synthesized garbage, mass-produced by this one company and fed over a TV show to people. And everybody has to wear their little logo on their head, this little triangle thing called the BIM, to know that you're loyal to the company. And the lead of the company is actually Satan. And this couple comes on, and they're Adam and Eve, basically, and they're playing honest folk music, and everybody starts to love it, but the corporation sees that as a risk. So they sign the couple to a deal with the devil, and they have to become synth pop stars too. It's a fucking bananas. These these Iranian is this guys. A, yeah, it's it's wow. Is this a Christian movie? It sorta is, but it's also insanely filthy. There's a whole song about coming. Oh, okay. Never yeah, mind. yeah. It's it's very weird. It's uh, made by the uh, Golden Globes, who I believe are from Iran. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, their interpretation of Mad Max meets the Bible. And it's fucking insane. Well, all right. <laughs> and our seventh one is, and our final film, is King of the Kickboxers, one of the great lost kung fu flicks, again with Billy Blanks. Damn. This movie, he's, a, he's, there, he's in there twice. Yeah, in the I top, know, right? In, Best movie. Wow. Um, so there was a series of movies called No Retreat, No Surrender. There was three of them. Um, and they changed distribution, so they had to change the title. So No Retreat, No Surrender 4 is actually King of the Kickboxers. Well, all right. It's got crazy stunts. It's it's really, really outrageous and stupid, but it's so entertaining. <clears throat> and that's another one we should probably cover. Oh, definitely. Okay, so for directors... At first, I uh, hit the brakes and said, what? But then I remembered we did an episode about this director because the last decade of his career was pretty questionable. It is John Carpenter. Yes. Yeah, I can think of a few that are pretty shitty. Yeah, I mean, legendary director, and no one can take that away from him despite his pretty steep decline. Um, Ghost of Mars. What was his last? His his last movie was The Ward. The Ward, I think The Ward's okay. I think his two... No, I was, I was going to say, it's like the most uninspired is just like, I felt nothing watching it. And that's that's almost worse than making a bad movie. I guess, because it had none way. of his signature to it. Never his, you know, his punk rock yeah. and roll style to it. But at the same time, it was pretty competent. It didn't feel as fucking sloppy and lazy as Ghost of Mars or uh, Village of the Damned. That's another one of those where it feels like it's not his film. It's just phoned in. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it, you can't you can't disagree that the that the man has talent, uh, and put out a lot of quality movies. Yeah. Uh, 
Your choice was number two, Paul Michael Glazer, the director of Band of the Hand and <clears throat> Running Man, which is awesome trash. Mm-hmm. And Kazam with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> no, did he seriously do Kazam? Yeah, he did. So I think it goes, uh, yeah. he directed a bunch of Miami Vice and Starsky and Hutch. Then he got hired to do Band of the Hand because the guy who created Miami Vice was the producer of both. And then uh, he got hired for Running Man because the guy who got who was the director got fired after two weeks and they needed someone very fast and so they picked a TV guy and uh, then I don't think he did anything for years then he did The Air Up There which is a basketball movie with Kevin Bacon and then Kazam that was it well hell yeah you know you, he, some people don't get the luxury of ending their career on a high note like Kazam you know <laughs> yeah, I mean, only we're so fortunate <laughs> but if you tell me right now that you'll give me $100,000 to direct Kazam 2 I'm like, hmm, I work retail, or I can direct a terrible sequel to a terrible... Yeah, fuck, I'm in. I'm Kazam. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I would trust you with the Kazam movie. Like, I would... That's... You know what's hilarious about this? Because I actually saw uh, Kazam when I was a kid. Uh, loved it, of course, because it's a quality film. Uh, I would... I, I hate that there are so many sequels to franchises... Uh, and remakes, but you know what? I would happily go see Kazam too. <laughs> Probably more than Air Bud fifteen or whatever the hell they're on right yeah. now, or, or Beethoven thirty seven. Yeah. Um, John Turtletop is the director. Uh, I can't remember who nominated that one, but he is the director of Meg, a fantastically trashy shark film. Just people were mad there wasn't I'm, enough I'm not blood seen in it. it yet. Oh, it's 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 PG thirteen. It's Jurassic Park in the water, basically. Yeah, I, I have it in, in my uh, in my list of things to watch. Yeah, uh, he also did the National Treasure movies uh, and started off, I believe, oh. with Three Ninjas. That's a weird. How do you go from oh, that shit. little Three Ninjas? <laughs> Watched that when I was a kid. Hell yeah! Um, number four is James Glickenhaus, who also directed the previous mentioned Exterminator. Yeah, that's pretty good. He never directed uh, a good movie. He never. Directed, I, I looked at his just, catalog. There's like six movies there that are all just fucking terrible. God, I cannot for the life of me remember remember the difference between the first and second one. The 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 first Exterminator that was the one where like his 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 friend from Vietnam was killed by some thugs and he went on revenge, right? Right. It's really grimy. It's all set in New York. And the second one is set in New York, but they screwed up the production, so they went to Los Angeles, and it doesn't look like New York. It's more comic booky. Yeah, and he only had like the flame suit for the fur for the opening, right? Right, but I think the action yeah, is much better okay. than the second movie. So Glickenhouse, I think it was good at uh, action. But man, he was just terrible at plotting and making things believable. He's the guy who destroyed Jackie Chan's career the first time around. <laughs> Jackie Chan hated James Glickenhoff so much that he said, fuck this, and I'm going back to China to do my movies my way. <laughs> what movie did he direct at this? It was uh, oh, The Protector. The Protector, 1985. Protector? I don't even remember that one. Yeah, it's. I'll find it for you. It's got some pretty good action in it, but it's only because Jackie Chan got... Uh, so this is what happened with the the protector is when he signed on he says there's going to be two versions of this film you can cut your version for America but I'm cutting my version for the international audience so the only version available now is Jackie Chan's version which is much better huh interesting uh, number four is Paul W.S. Anderson who man I know people love Event Horizon and I have to watch it again we're going to end up watching it for the show but uh, wait, Paul W. S. Anderson is he the one that makes the Resident Evil ones? Yes, and the terrible oh. Three Musketeers, and the terrible just whatever other movie you can think of. The Soldier, the only person who can truly fuck up a performance by Kurt Russell. Who does that? 
Oh man. Okay. Um. Wait. Why? Why? Why is he on the list? He's on was, the list. Was there a particular movie attached to him? No, no. Someone just said that name, and I was like, "But for me, it's Three Musketeers." That movie's so dreadful, so over the top, expensive, and idiotic. That that nominated mm-hmm. him for that alone. Or for stealing Cube twice for Aliens vs. Predator and the first Resident Evil. Uh, you know what? I got it. Okay, you know, cards on the table. I I kind of like Alien vs. Predator. Well, I'm we're gonna get those. to that one too because we're gonna discuss both of those at some point. We're gonna discuss yeah. Requiem as well. Um, I also like the sequel. Sorry. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. I think Mortal Kombat is championed for some weird ass reason. Yes. I Maybe mean, it's because it's the first video game movie that actually stuck to the lore. But it has not held up well. No. <clears throat> okay, so mine but is going to... You can't... You cannot argue with the soundtrack. No, Sorry, no, 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 no. The soundtrack's fine. But as a whole... Ass. But he does direct trashy movies. Even when they're good, they're still kind of trashy fun. I, I say Resident Evil mm. 4 is the best of the franchise. That movie's fun trash. Oh, shit. 4. Which one is that? Is That's that the one where they're in the, the high-rise. Desert? No, 3... That one's the worst. High-rise. Yeah, the high-rise one when he came back to direct that one. I, I think I lost interest at that point. Uh, my uh, nomination is going to be controversial, but if you know Brian De Palma, you know for every great movie that Ooh. he did, he directed so much trash. And every single last yeah, one of them is... Yeah, he directed a lot of crap. But it's enjoyable crap. Most of it is so enjoyable. And it's so trashy and so sleazy. Body Double, which you and I are... I'm going to force you to watch Body, Body Double, is maybe the greatest trash movie of all time. Did he do Monkey Shines? No, that was George Romero. Oh, that was it, yeah. Because, so, I mean, he he really broke out with Carrie, and then The Fury is kind of trashy, then he did Blowout, which is great, and then he did Dress to Kill, it's which is basically movie. slasher porn. What? As a, uh, Blowout is fantastic. Yeah. Scarface? Tell me that is not trash, mm-hmm. and I will say you're full of shit, it's highly entertaining, but it's truly trash. Yeah, and after that, it's just a mix. I mean, he'll, he'll do, like, studio stuff. Like, he did Mission Impossible and The Untouchables, but then he'll go do crazy stuff like Raising Kane <laughs> and Bonfire of the Vanities. Yeah. Uh, the final nomination is Hal Needham, the director of the Smokey and the Bandit series and Megaforce and Rad and, uh, oh boy, just a lot of movies based around stunts only, no plot. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, for actors, I also argue the one person kept nominating people where I just kept going, what? Uh, he nominated Kurt Russell because of something. Wait, I don't what? know what. Now, I will argue Kurt Russell's made a couple terrible movies. 3,000 Miles oh, of Graceland sure. is terrible. But um, I think that he's fantastic and ev- I've never seen him give a truly awful performance. He's wasted in Soldier, I think, because he has nothing to say. This is the only one that sure, I, I, I don't agree with. You're this talking situation. about like one of the most charismatic actors on the planet. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know if he, like in a in a trashy sort of category. I don't know if that really works. No, he's the one that I do not agree with. But I'm not also going to negate anybody's choice. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, there's going to be some crap out there. But like in in my opinion, I think the good outweighs the bad. <laughs> Guess who's uh, not getting invited like next year? Genuinely good performance. <laughs> yeah. I'm not invited. Sorry, whoever. Yeah. Sorry if I'm, like, shitting on anybody's uh, choice. You know, like, I respect everyone's choice. I'm just saying that uh, he's a he is a delightful man, and uh, I am glad that he is still acting. Yes. Uh, your choice for number two is Michael St. Michaels from The Gracie Strangler. Maybe my favorite of all of these. I know I had my own choice, but when you said this, I was like, shit, I should have chose that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I, that was a that was kind of a shocking movie for me because I really didn't know what to expect. And at first, he it was kind of annoying. And then after a while, it just like he, he just like really clicked with me, and everything he said was just just had me in stitches. Yes, it's both of them are fantastic, honestly. But yeah. he gives a balls out performance, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, he goes for it. He just goes places. The, the man's so comfortable with wearing gross stuff on him at all times, or just being completely naked. It's it's amazing. Or just eating eating handfuls of. Oh, fuck! It, what is that that he ate? I'm still astonished. I don't what could know. It be? Oh, like when he's cooking the sausages, like there's not enough grease. Oh, <sighs> all right. So, and, and sadly, he's only been in two movies that we I know of. Is that in the the video Dead, which we did a couple years ago? Yeah, that was a while ago. Um, number three is Tone Loke. You know, I actually think he's an okay performer, oh. but uh, he's been in some really trashy movies. He started off strong, I think. Oh, yeah. He was in Posse in the first Ace Ventura. Well, hold on. I shouldn't say strong. I actually hate the first Ace Ventura. I like the second one. But uh, then he started doing direct-to-video stuff, and he's always solid. He's got a great voice for animation, but man. Oh, my God. Uh, and he was in uh, Fern Gully, right? The Iguana? I think so. And then he was in Baby's Kids as the smallest one, and uh, I think he did oh, a cartoon yeah. for years. But he's just one of those guys, based on Surf Ninjas alone, that movie is goofy, fun, trash. <laughs> but But he's good in it. Yeah. See, the yeah, thing is, we're nominating people who I think are really good in awful movies. That's where I, I yeah. It's it's hard for me to still go Kurt Russell because I, I think he's only been in like one bad movie, and I haven't seen it in twenty years, so I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Kurt Russell's probably done some crap that yeah. we've probably just been forgetting or willfully forgetting. Um, Robert Ginty is number four, the star of the Exterminator movie. Someone really likes the Exterminator because they've been nominating this in every category. Holy shit! Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about more. He, those are his biggest movies. When your biggest movies are really grindhouse trash, you know you've got like a Hall of Famer right there. Oh yeah. Uh, Michael Pere was chosen, and uh, Michael Pere is loved by a few people uh, because of Streets of Fire and uh, Eddie and the Cruisers, Bad Moon. But I would say 95% of his output is direct-to-video garbage. Some of it's fun garbage, most of it's not. But he's always like the guy who shows up, does his job, goes, you know, gets out. They never have to worry. That's why they still hire him after 35 years. Mm. Too bad he's fucking crazy and he's a piece of shit in real life because he is a full-on Trumpy to the extreme. Oof. Yeah, he's making Oof. hard right-wing movies now. Yes, indeed. Oh, uh, actually, that, that sounds kind of fun. Uh, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into uh, this, like the uh, these like right wing movies, like that Kevin Sorbo one about Antifa. Like that kind of shit just kind of amuses me because it, it just kind of shows like what kind of a reality they're living in is just yeah. so disconnected. Yeah. That I kind of just want to explore the mind, you know. So apparently, the the trailer for Michael Prey's new movie is this woman who works at the White House or something like that in Congress. And she finds out this whole conspiracy theory by all the left-wing people. And it's, of course, all the people who are not in power anymore, so it's so stupid. But Hillary Clinton and Obama, and they're going to kill her because she's a witness to something like a pedophile ring or something stupid. And then... Uh, oh, see, that sounds amazing. I really want to see that. Michael Prey has to protect her, but the, the, <laughs> there's no budget whatsoever, so the whole movie takes place in like an abandoned airfield. And there's just a shootout there for like an hour, I think. Oof. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that kind of sounds like something that I would be into. <laughs> Um, my choice is Nicolas Cage, the legendary god of trash cinema. 
Someone who knows exactly what he's doing. Sometimes he shows up just for a paycheck and it gives a half-assed performance, but he knows what it is. Then there's stuff like Mandy, where he goes, yes, if that's the closest thing to a midnight movie I can think of over the last decade. Yeah, that movie blew me away. Like, I saw it in the theater with, there was like two other people in the theater. And I just walked out and I just felt like, man, I, I don't know what to think anymore. Like, was that amazing? Was that trashy? What was that? And then, like a week later, I just could not stop thinking about that movie, and then I just had to watch it again. Yeah, uh, Color yeah. Out of Space. What did you think of that? Did you see it yet? Oh no, I haven't seen it yet. I missed it. I, really I think his problem. I think the problem is, is he makes too many movies because it seems like for every like that's a clever, really weird choice. He does like another one that's just like, oh, so you just were on set for a day and got a million dollars, I guess, but you're watering down your brand. Yeah, I mean, well, that's kind of his thing. Like, what he owes what millions of dollars? He's well, I think he's out of debt now, but now he's having that trouble oh, where yeah. he can't get hired in a studio film, but he'll take all these low rent jobs. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I he probably plans on spending another two hundred million dollars on some bullshit again. Maybe so he's yeah. Saving up. Um, but I'll say this: when I see that his upcoming films are, uh, oh. He's a night guard at an amusement park that happens to be haunted, and it possesses all of the animatronic creatures, and they're going to come to life, and he has to fight them to the death in order to survive the night. I'm fucking in. I am all the way in. (laughs) That sounds amazing. He shot a movie up here in Portland last year where he has to save his pet pig from some crazy people, and I'm like, yes, I will watch that. (laughs) Hell yeah! Yeah, it's it's he's an amazing guy who just gives very very interesting performances since the day he started. There's never been a time where he wasn't interesting in one way or another. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's really how he stays relevant is he just he goes for it and makes choices that no one else would ever think of, and about half the time it doesn't really work out, but the other half is just gold. Genius. Yeah, he's always swinging for the fences. Yeah. Sometimes it's a strikeout. Sometimes it's a homer. Um, the final entry is Tim Thomerson, the star of the Trancers franchise, Dollman, and about 800 other direct-to-video sci-fi weirdo movies. He is a load of fun, and I was shocked to discover he was a stand-up comedian before he became a dead serious action star. Interesting. Have you ever seen Trancers or Dollman? I saw. I think I've seen Dollman. It's been a while, though. I, I was in this phase when I was younger that I just had to like watch every murder doll movie ever made. <laughs> so you've seen Demonic Toys? Pro- possibly. Uh, fuck, what was the one that I was thinking of lately? I was just recently thinking about one. Um, God, I think it was called Ragdoll, where it was like a doll that kills rappers oh, or something. Okay. I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I suggested that ever, but we should watch that. That it sounds fun. Uh, in actresses, number one is Cynthia Rothrock. This is the first one from that person that I actually agree with. Cynthia Rothrock is the queen of martial arts, uh, directed video movies of the 80s and 90s. I'm not sure I'm familiar. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, not, we'll, we'll, I'm, not as, I'm not really as uh, familiar with the, with the kung fu flicks. Well, you're going to, buddy. I'm going to force you eventually. Um, I know. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Her most famous movie is called China O'Brien, where she's an Irish cop, but she lives in, you know, <laughs> she was raised by Kung Fu Masters. <laughs> oh, okay. That sounds awesome. And all the sequences. She's really fast and amazing, talented. Um, but for some reason, the director said, hey, let's fast forward all the Kung Fu sequences so it looks super fake. Oh, no. Yep. That's the worst. Yes. 
n- number two, I um, this is a weird one. I don't know why this was chosen. Amber Heard, who is a terrible human being, we've discovered over the last couple months. Yeah. She was in a good trash Ooh. movie called All the Boys Love Mandy Lane and Drive Angry. Wait, did you choose? Yeah, Drive you Angry. One, uh, did I choose Amber? I Heard? think you did because of Drive Angry. She's great in that. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I just to, as a side note, I did choose her before I found out all all the stuff because I don't really follow celebrity gossip. And then I found out this is like more than celebrity gossip. This is more like a psychotic human being. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, my apologies, not intentional. <laughs> uh, number three is Phoebe Cates. You may argue that she is fantastic in certain movies. She's fantastic in every movie, but she made some true stinkers at the beginning of her career, and I don't blame her because it's hard when you're beginning. She did a terrible sex movie in the desert with Willie Ames called Paradise, and then a movie called Private School, which might be a sex crime. That movie is really sleazy and really wrong-headed, but she's great in it. Hmm. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it'd be probably for the best. Uh, Maria okay. Conchita Alonso, chosen for her wonderful performances in The Running Man and Predator 2. She was excellent in The Running Man. Uh, I mean, you know, like running around in spandex with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you can't go wrong. Well, I just love that she's so fiery and, and so fun. She never plays it dumb. I hate, I love tough, yeah. um, I mean, it's been that way since I was a kid, is where I don't like the damsel in distress. And she plays that line where she is in trouble, but she's still tough as nails the whole time. Instead of, oh, please save me, Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, uh, Apollonia. It was chosen by Jacob, and I'm going to tell you right now, I have... I, oh, no, she's in Never Too Young to Die. Have you ever seen this movie? Mm-mm. Wait, is it? No, I don't think that's the right person. I'm thinking of Vanity. Who the hell is Apollonia? I think she was in Graffiti Bridge, and that's why he chose her. Uh, she was one of the prince protégés that he thought he was going to make into a star, and it just didn't happen. Uh, while I look that up, I'm going to go on to the other ones, because I can't remember who the hell she is. I should have looked that up. <clears throat> Number six is my choice, Shannon Tweed, the queen of these sex movies that went straight to video for a very long time. Married to Gene Simmons, and I have no idea why, because she seems so much cooler than Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah, she's a, a legit... Oh. I think she's very good actress, but she chose some really easy, dumbass shit to appear in. I don't know why. Uh, what are some of your favorites? Um, the Last Hour with Michael Pere. Um, she was amazing on an arc in Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which is a TV show I watched all the time as a kid. Um, Damn. Uh, Last Call with William Katz. Uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> I have heard of that. I have not seen it. It's uh, Bill Maher, Adrian Barbeau, and Shannon Tweed in the Jungle. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she was always, like, a really reliable Canadian actress. Here's the weird thing. is She's in Meatballs 3, which is all about getting laid. And at no point does she appear nude. It might be the only movie she hasn't appeared nude in, and that's ironic since the plot point is all about sex. Maybe they probably did that on purpose. Then. Maybe. Um, let's see. What's next? Uh, Carolyn Monroe, the star, former Bond girl, the star of Star Crash, a Italian ripoff of... Um, Star Wars, which is out of its fucking mind. <laughs> uh, which Bond girl? She was the bad one in The Spy Who... No, wait, she's a good one or a bad one? No, no, Barbara Box, the good one in The Spy Who Loved Me, the 77 comeback, which saved the series. And I believe she's the villain in that one. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's uh, the one with Jaws, the one with the metal teeth guy. Arr, arr, arr. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Apollonia. Let's see what she was in because I just don't remember her as an actress. Oh, no, she was in a bunch of stuff. A bunch of TV shows, videos, The Mystic Warrior. Oh, and here it is, Graffiti Bridge, yeah. Huh. She only had uh, one album. She's still alive? She's still alive. Whatever, I guess uh, for some reason Prince thought she was going to be huge. Oh, no, she is a star of Purple Rain, not Graffiti Bridge. Okay, well, there's that. Um, so that is it of the actresses in our final category. Dun, dun, dun! I'm not going to sing the songs, okay? So don't you expect me to. Uh, these are the songs from Trashy Movies. Uh, another one, Big Trouble in Little China, which was sung by uh, uh, John Carpenter's band. It's a fine song. I don't know why that's trashy. Again, lost on me. Yeah, well, I, I kind of hummed, I hummed that tune all the time, actually. <laughs> uh, you chose the theme song from Your, and you are dead on. That is a great trashy oh, song. Yeah. It's it's like power metal meets caveman rock. It's so stupid. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the hunter from the Yeah, they, they, always, they always bring that in right as something cool is about to happen. Yeah. So it just, it's, <laughs> it's his eye of the well, tiger. When he, when he drop kicks from from gliding on a pterodactyl, they, they pump that music. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, Cause I'm a Blonde, sung by uh, Julie Brown from the movie Earth Girls Are Easy. That's uh, a really fun, silly song, but I think that movie is actually pretty good. Uh, huge flop, though. Huge flop. Um, Kumite, the song from Bloodsport, a movie that people love, and I have no Ooh. idea why. This movie is not good. I don't know. I mean, like... What other movie are you going to see John claude Van Damme do the splits, all right? All of them! <laughs> it's also Donald Trump's favorite movie. And here's the thing is he loves... Are you serious? It's, it's Donald Trump's favorite movie, and he will not that watch... Is... He will literally, his, from what his son said, he goes, we had a VHS tape of Bloodsport, we watched it all the time, but I had to stand there and fast forward all of the dialogue. Go straight to the action sequences. That is... That is like the most like perfect summation of uh, the Trump presidency. Yeah, it's on beautiful. Brand. It is perfect. <laughs> like that is not surprising in the least. And it's that oh, okay. That made my day. That was magic. Okay. <laughs> uh, Send me an angel, an actually really fun power metal song from the movie Rad. Now Rad is cheesy garbage, and it's so much fun. It's so terrible. And uh, they play that song, I think, 18,000 times, maybe. Uh, my sister's choice was uh, Top That from Teen Witch, a movie that she loves, I think all teenage girls love uh, from that time period, I think is garbage. And she's going to force me to watch it eventually for Trash Cinema. I just know it. Nice. It's a rap by two that... dorky suburban white kids, and it's oh. unbelievably bad. Yeah, well, uh, have fun with that. I'll, I'll <laughs> gladly let your sister take over for me. <laughs> uh, you've got the touch from two different movies, oh. amusing in two different ways. It's from the trash of uh, 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 Transformers movie, so it's so over the top and cheesy in that movie. But when it got reborn as a single sung by Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights, it became oh, magical. Yeah, it is. One of my favorite scenes of any movie of all time. He's like, you keep turning up the treble, man. I can't hear the vocals. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that John C. McGinley is dancing with him, and he's like, yeah, go for it. He's like, you got the touch. You got the power. Uh, 
yeah! I, I love I, I love that scene so much. I love that they're just kind of just kind of like singing to themselves and like, oh, that was great. Hey, were we recording on that one? <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, the last one, I have no idea what it is. I, I I watched a clip of it. I've seen the movie once. It's from King of the Kickboxers two. Now to confuse you even more, there's three No Retreat, No Surrender movies. There's two King of the Kickboxer movies, but. In China, the company who produced all of them, they're all called Karate Tiger. Karate Tiger 1 through 5. And it's a song well, least- is called American Shaolin Blues, which is just a version of, uh, um, what's that one? Um, ain't got time for the summertime blues. Da-na-na, da-na-na. Ain't no, oh, ain't no cure for the summertime blues. It's just that American Shaolin Blues. That's it. Nice. Yeah, that's it. That's nice, our category. Simple, sweet. I tried to do this as fast as possible because I know we don't do the show for very long. So, how was that? That's beautiful. That was fun. So, uh, someone's knocking on your door. I, 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 I like going through. Wait, what? Oh, I thought someone's knocking on your door. <laughs> no, that was me. I'm just, I'm just knocking on stuff. Okay, so uh, we're gonna take a break and uh, be back for September's episode where we're going to start video fright. Uh, we're gonna start off in 1980. Yes. I'm going through the list, dude. We're going to have to pick only four. It's going to be really hard. The rest of them we'll try to save for trash. Let's try to pick legitimately good horror movies. Or, um, the I know. That's, the, that's, to what's, that's going to be the interesting That's going to be the interesting challenge this time. Because before it was like trying to, trying to after so long, trying to find good trashy movies. This one's going to be the opposite challenge of trying to just limit our choices. Yeah. And the problem is, is that we did cover some movies already. Like if it was a franchise, we definitely covered it. So there's there's oh, not, sure. it's not that we're ignoring it, but we already did Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that. And yep. some franchises are going to be difficult because there's certain parts that were in the '70s and some were in the '80s. Uh, so we, I don't know if we'll go by franchise, but that's really the plan. Is I kind of want to go with a progression of how horror changed throughout the '80s and '90s. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to send you a list. Yeah, the fog thinking. has to be on there. If the fog isn't on there, I'm out of this sucker. <laughs> Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm into it. Okay, so we'll be back in a month. Uh, well, I'm assuming I'll post this in, well, whatever, like six weeks maybe with the September episode. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right, definitely. everybody, it's time for uh, Kersey's favorite catchphrase. We all know and love. Say it. You all know it. You all love it. Stay trash, everybody. Trash Cinema. <laughs>